welcome back to In Truth and Grace podcast. I'm very excited for today's episode and I truthfully think that it might be one of my favorites, which is funny to say because this is only the third episode, so it makes that pretty easy. Um, but this episode was honestly both inspired by someone recommending it and then also inspired by God literally taking me through this journey this last, I'd say specifically year, but also very specifically in the last month and a half has this been something God's been teaching me about. Um, one of them is something that I've mentioned 500 million times and probably will continue to mention because I think it is one of the most pivotal things to learn about with just God. Um, but that uh, whole overarching theme of today, today's episode is trusting in the Lord and knowing his sovereignty in the unknown. And this really came out of this specific season because I have had to make a lot of decisions about things that I had no clue if they would work out. I had no clue what the outcome would be. And I honestly, I don't think I've ever had to trust in the Lord more than this past month and a half. Um, Not saying that I have never trusted in him before, but I think it was really put to test what I was learning in this last month and a half. And Specifically, I was learning about the sovereignty of the Lord and just his will and his power. And so I'm really excited to talk about this because it's so personal to me and it's so, I don't know, just like so intimate with the Lord in my life that I've, it's been something that he's walked through with me. And so I'm excited to hopefully help someone else also see that whole beautiful picture of his sovereignty. Anyways, before we jump straight into just the overarching theme of this whole podcast episode, I am trying out something new. I'm doing two positives and two negatives to kind of lighten the mood a little bit of the whole episode, make you more aware of who I am, gives you insight onto what my life is like, just makes things a little bit more personal. And so, with that, my two positives. The first one is that I am moving back to New Jersey. In three weeks, I will be headed back up north from Lynchburg. I'll be saying bye-bye, Lynchburg. And I will be back up in New Jersey and will hopefully be working. I just had an interview today that went really, really well. And so... If you're listening to this, please pray. If it's not already, like, December, (laughs) please pray that this position works out because I really think it would be a great fit. Um, And hopefully I'll be able to talk about that more in the future. I just, for the privacy of everything, I'm not going to mention it too much. But another positive is painting with my friend Chloe. We went and painted uh, poverty. (laughs) We went and painted pottery. Um, I was going to say poverty, but that's not how that works. Um, We went and painted pottery. I am terrified to see what it comes out as because they were closing. I had to rush. I felt overwhelmed. And so I ended things 
and it was not on a high note. So let's hope and pray that that is good. And I'm just going to add one more because I thought of this and it's kind of tied in with Chloe because I, I have gone with her, but, um, Live Move B is this beautiful gym that's in Lynchburg, Virginia that I think any girl who's wanting a Christ-centered workout should go to. It's not like lifting. It's more so like classes. And so um, just a little bit about them is that they're a nonprofit. All of the classes are free and donations-based. So you don't have to pay to go, which is really awesome. And they have things like Pilates. They have bar. They have kickboxing. They have yoga. They have all those things. And so that's been a huge highlight of like the last two weeks, honestly. I've just been blown away by how my perspective on working out has changed because I'm someone who has really struggled with working out and this has made it so exciting. So I'm really going to miss this place once I move away. But if you are um, a girl or a guy in the Lynchburg area and you want a good gym, I highly, highly, highly recommend Live Move B. I'm pretty positive that that is the name of the place. But yeah, going into my negatives, um, this was a little bit sad. So just kidding. It's not actually that sad. I mean, it is, but I don't know. But I was just going to say that I've felt pretty down this week and I have honestly been really struggling with um, missing someone and going through the process of like finding my satisfaction in the Lord and not in people and really just being satisfied where, where he, with where he's placed me and trusting that like things happen for a purpose. They aren't against his will, which is honestly a lot of what today's topic is about. And, um, I'm just really struggling honestly the last couple of days with just understanding what his will is in this next season of my life but with that there's also been a lot of comfort from him like I I have been sad but it's like every time that I'm sad it's an opportunity to turn to him and I feel like in this season of my life I've never been so consistent with God of at any point that I feel down or I feel angry or I feel jealous or I feel upset, I can just instantly turn to God and just have a moment with him. And it's so heartwarming to know that he cares about me and his word has been such a helpful tool through this this entire process of feeling like this. It's literally been... um, such a mind saver specifically. It's helped me from spiraling in a lot of ways in my thoughts and getting into anxious episodes. It's helped me to just feel grounded and again satisfied in where God has me, but I'd be lying if I said that everything's perfect and wonderful. It's been um, pretty hard this week, um, But equally, like, it's so weird because it's been hard, but equally, it's also been so joyous to know that I can trust in God. And so I think keep that in mind as we're talking about today of you can feel sad and you can have emotion, but you can also have the joy of the Lord through all of those. Um, The second negative that I have today, buckle up because, whew, this one was today and Imagine you wake up and you're like, I need something to just put a little pep in my step. And so you're like, Starbucks, obviously. And 
I drove there, I ordered, and I decided to go out of my comfort zone, which was the first mistake that I made. I initially just asked, I did not order, I asked, can you do in a shaken espresso with caramel brulee, like the syrup or whatever, in there? I was like, can you do that iced? And he was like, oh my gosh, yeah. And then he said, and I'm going to add a little bit of vanilla sweet cream cold foam on top. I said, great. I didn't think about the fact that I had to pay for that. (laughs) And so he also said no classic, which I half the time don't even know what that means. I know what it means now, but usually when I hear that, I'm like, sure, like whatever. When I say this was the worst drink I have ever had, the second he handed it to me and I saw the color, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to suck. First off, it was $7. (laughs) It was $7. I ordered a grande. Because a flipping cold foam is $1.25. What? Like, so stupid. But I, I drank this drink. Which, first off, I will shout him out that he gave me a venti instead of grande. I don't think he charged me extra for that because I heard him say grande over the the speaker. But I took a sip of that drink and I gagged. It was so bad. It was so bad. So never ever order an iced caramel brulee shaken espresso with no classic and vanilla sweet cream cold brew or cold foam. (laughs) Don't ever order that because it is the grossest drink. And I did drink it all. I will say that. (laughs) I did drink all of it. Did I like it? No. But I spent $7 on it. So I was not about to waste that puppy. But (laughs) now that we've moved on from that, We're going to jump straight into the topic of today, which is trusting the Lord and knowing his sovereignty in all unknown areas of life. And the main passage that we are going to be talking about today is Psalm 23, which is such a well-known scripture. And it's something that a lot of people have heard. But this year, I've been just blown away by how much fruit this passage has. It is a juicy passage. I, each time I read it, I feel like God opens my eyes to something new or just reminds me of his goodness and his control in my life and how good of a thing that is. And so I am going to read the entire passage of Psalm 23. And specifically verse 3 is going to be where we're like sitting in. But I, the more that I was studying over this, I was just amazed by how much of God's will is poured out throughout this whole entire scripture. And so, if you have a Bible, feel free to also turn to that. Um, If not, you can just hear the word of the Lord. Um, But in Psalm 23, it reads, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides, beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, 
I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When I read that, I was just like, whoa, especially today, just reading it, seeing all of the things that he initiates. And I'm not initiating him causing me to lie down. I'm not initiating him leading me. They're all done by him. And so there's just so much comfort in knowing that he is in utter control and his will, it leads us, it guides us, it comforts us. And so with that, I want to talk about sovereignty and what the sovereignty of the Lord means. And so as we're jumping into that, I want to ask the question of what does sovereign mean? Specifically just the word, what does sovereign mean? And when you look it up, it means a supreme ruler, a king. It also can be translated as independence. And so in light to God, it means that he is supreme, that he is independent, that he is in utter control. John Piper, he quotes this in an article that he has about God's sovereignty. And he says that when we say God is sovereign, we mean he is powerful and authoritative to the extent of being able to override all other powers and authorities. And I think that's something that's so good to remember is that he overrides every single other authority. Again, that means that he is supreme. He is above all else. And there's comfort in knowing that because it's there's nothing that can overrule God. There is nothing that goes above him and beyond him. He is the above and beyond. And there's so much goodness in that. And so the bottom line is, God is in total control. Everything is done through his wisdom. Every decision he makes for your life is done out of pure and utter wisdom. Nothing is out of the grips of God. He is not making decisions for you going like, oops, didn't mean to do that. (laughs) He is literally making every single decision based out of wisdom based out of knowledge, and based out of love. His decisions for your life are not based out of anger. They are not based out of control in an abusive way. It is not based out of aggression. His decisions for your life are made out of pure and utter wisdom because he is supreme. He is sovereign. He is ruler. And we can't fight that, like literally. No matter what, at the end of the day, God still stays sovereign. If I fight verbally against God and I say that he is not sovereign, it does not change his sovereignty. He is still sovereign at the end of the, the day because he is God. And not a single thing in your life has no purpose. His justice and mercy is in everything. And that's so good to remember is that in every decision, in every instance that has happened in your life, his justice and mercy is in all of it. You can always point back to God every single thing. 
And it's really hard because there's so much negativity in this world. But when you begin to study the sovereignty of God, you begin to understand everything. And you don't fight against God anymore. Because I was in that position of constantly fighting against God. Why did you do this in my life? Why have you made these decisions? Why, why, why? And it's like the second sovereignty hits your mind and you fully understand it, which please go and study it for yourself. I cannot study something for you. But the second that you fully understand the sovereignty of the Lord, it is like all lights on. You understand that I have no say in what what any of this is, but he still listens to me. That's also the most comforting thing is that I'm I'm not telling God what to do, but he still listens to me when I ask. And there's so much peace and assurance in knowing that he is inclined to what we have to say. And something that's really cool is in Ezekiel, which I'm currently reading, Sovereign Lord, the specific phrase Sovereign Lord is mentioned 220 times. And throughout the rest of the Bible, I think it's, I don't have this written down, so I don't actually know. But throughout the rest of the Bible, I believe it's written at least 180 or 120 times. So in this specific book of the Bible, 220 times Ezekiel mentions sovereign Lord. And it's God specifically saying, I am sovereign Lord and that my will will be done. And why does this matter? It's because We are reminded of his utter control. Throughout the entire book of Ezekiel, you are seeing things after things after things happening to the Israelites. And at the end of every single thing that God um, has Ezekiel tell to these people, he mentions, declares the sovereign Lord. That's always how he ends it. And he also will say, I'm doing this so you know that I am the Lord. And so his will will always be done. And we will always see that overall, he is the power and he is the authority over every single thing. And Job is a really great reminder of this. The book of Job honestly is heavy, but there's such great truth throughout the entire thing. And again, if you have not been reading your word, I highly encourage you Let this be an opportunity for you to dig into what he has to say. Because I came into the word initially so turned off by God. And I left so admiring and astonished by who God is. And so let his word transform your mind if you are really struggling with this. But we turn to Job and in Job 12.10 it says, In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. And so what do we know about this? We know that he has everything in his hand. Think about it, just his hand. He's not holding them in his arms. It's literally everything is in his hand. And so he is in utter control and it is not too much for him. That's what's so crazy is that none of it is too much. And it just amazes me that the God who has full wisdom and power and all understanding still takes the time to hear what words I have to say. To hear, to take, well, (laughs) words are hard. He takes time to sit with me 
and to allow me to complain, one, to cry out, to plead, to beg, and yet in the end his will is done, and it is always good. Even if it's not exactly what I wanted, his will is always good, and I can't fight that because he is the ruling power in my life, and that's not something to be upset about. That's not something to be pissed off about at all. It's something to be comforted by that I don't have to be in control of my life. That I don't have to make all of the correct, perfect decisions to make sure my life goes well. God is in control. Point blank period. Even if I make a quote-unquote wrong decision, God is still in control. And his will will be done. And if Job of all people, can trust God, I assure you that any God-fearing person can trust in the Lord. That they can look at the future and know that the sovereign Lord has his hand over every moment. You don't have to know what's going to happen in a week. You don't have to know what's going to happen in a month. You can just rest assured that God knows your heart, one, that he is a good father, that he is ruler and is in control. So why trust him? It's because he holds you. He holds all power and all decisions in his hands. And like I said, he is a kind father, but also a good ruler. And furthermore, I just want to bring up to fact that trust is built through relation. I mean, think about your closest relationships. Your trust didn't come out of nowhere with them. It came out of building that closeness with them. I mean, I think about the closest relationship that I have and it wasn't just an overnight thing. It was we had to build trust with each other out of knowing one another really deeply and intimately. And so how do you know the Lord deeply and intimately? By his word, by praying to him, by continuously taking every step of the way with him, not taking any step alone, not throwing off God, not throwing off his word. If you want to be close to him, you have to make the decision to walk closely with him in his word, to know his word, to study his word. I mean, in 2 Timothy 2.15, if you're on a want a kid, again, I think I said this in the last episode too, Study to show thyself approved under God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I also said in the last episode that the word is the light before your path. That means God is before you. God has already gone in front of you. And we see this in Psalm 23 really displayed. That he leads me. That he guides me. That he makes me that he prepares for me, that he anoints me. It is all by his will. It is not anything by my choosing, by my doing. It is all done by God. And that is something to praise him for because I don't have to worry so deeply about what's going to happen, about what I need to do, or if I'm making the right decision, am I doing the right thing? God is in control. Whatever happens, it happens for a purpose. And the way that you can trust him is by digging into his word, knowing him closely, being a friend of God. 
you're going to have a really hard time. And I'm going to say this bluntly. You will have a hard time trusting God if all you rely on is your emotions. If all you rely on is feeling God. Because we're not always going to feel God. But what I can say is that his words are always true. And so even though you might not feel him, you can know that what you read in scripture is always, always, always true. It will always lead you. Again, it will be the light before your path. So let's just read that one more time. Just to kind of get it solidified. So that's going to be Psalm 119, which is going to take me a second to get to this. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Let that be when you wake up. What guides your day is his word. Because in it, that's where trust comes from. I mean, speaking from experience, I had zero trust in the Lord. I am naturally the most anxious person in this world. I mean, anyone that knows me closely can say that I am extremely anxious. I have been since I was little and it's been something that's plagued me for so many years. And I used to think that I had to be magically healed in order to feel normal. But the second that I stopped relying on my feelings, relying on someone to miraculously heal me with their words, I turned to the word. I turned to the word of God. And when I stopped looking for myself in the word, it was like night and day decision of realizing how much control he actually had and how I could trust him. And that wasn't like an overnight thing. It was built through a lot of tear-felt nights of questioning God why he did certain things of not understanding what his word even meant, of praying that God would reveal truth to me. It took a lot of time, let's just say that, for me to fully understand. But I'm telling you, the second that I started to really take reading his word seriously, it became clear. It became head knowledge that dripped into my heart and I was able to walk in the light of that. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have anxious moments. I mean, I can tell you even today, I was so anxious about not knowing what's going to happen at the end of this month. But instead of turning just back to my anxiety, not having trust, I was able to turn instantly to the Lord, pray to him, turn to his word, and then have the peace of his assurance and control in my life. And when you feel uncertain... Just know that he is always certain. He always knows what's next. He always knows the right things to do. He knows how to guide you. Let me just tell you that. He knows what you like, what you dislike. He knows what things are going to properly grow you and what things are going to harm you. He knows what to remove out of your life and what to put back into your life. God knows how to do it all. He is not limitless. God is really true, he's honorable, and he is kind above all else. And so, before I just leave you high and dry on some truth, I want to give you some tips of how to properly trust in the Lord when you don't know what's next. 
And the first thing that I have to say is have godly leadership in your life. And I don't just mean someone who acts godly. I mean someone who is actively in the word of God and who is pursuing the Lord with all of their might. Like God is what they want. Don't just look towards someone who seems godly. Look towards someone who you know is fully in the truth and the light of his word, who is walking by his goodness and not just walking by emotion or knowledge or power. Just keep someone in mind who is strong in the word of God because they're someone that you can turn to when you don't know what's next. They can help guide you biblically through decisions and they can help give you assurance in decisions that you make because you're not just making willy-nilly decisions and being confused. You have someone who can either affirm those things to you or who can say, hey, in the word of God, it does not say that you should do that or so on and so forth. You get the idea. Anyways, <laughs> number two is be consistent in prayer. Again, I, I can only say that one, reading the word, but also praying consistently, like all the time, really changed my perspective on everything. And also recognizing that I don't have to pray a specific type of prayer. I don't have to sound super godly. I don't have to sound X, Y, and Z. Like I can just pray. I can literally just talk to God. I can recognize the goodness of his character. I can just pray to him and I will get closer to his heart because I'm actually just actively talking to him and I'm involving him and everything, and I'm casting all my anxieties on him. Which, I also want to say, though, it's easier said than done, because I have struggled with anxiety, like I said, for so long, and I felt like I was always casting, quote-unquote, casting my cares on him, expecting for a difference to be made, but it's not always, (laughs) like, an instant gratification type of thing, where you're suddenly just feeling so much better, Um, it really took time for me in prayer to recognize that even when I'm internally not good, he is still good. And I can cast all my anxieties on him and he cares for me, but it doesn't say that instantly the second that I cast my anxiety on him that I'm going to have no anxiety for the rest of my life. But what it says is that his word is the comfort and that his presence is our comfort. He is the Prince of Peace, Jesus is. And so when we turn to him, just know that peace will come. It's not always going to be an instant gratification moment, but being constant in prayer is so important. When you're making decisions, when you're walking in an unknown territory, when you're learning to trust him, praying to him and being honest to him is such an important move. And the last thing is, Stop waiting for a sign or a loud, booming voice. Stop trying to hear God in mysticism or in some magic thing out in the world. He literally gifted us his word for a reason. It's called his word for a reason because it is God talking. And like I said in the last episode, his word is alive and active It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is something that can cut through even the deepest darkness in this world. And so don't rely on 
a booming voice, a sign out in the world to tell you that God hears you or God is leading you or God wants you to do this one thing, turn to the word of God (laughs) because that's where trust is built. Trust is not built in demonic things that play God because so much in this world are, so much in this world is demonic and so much in this world looks like it could be like God, but it really is not. And so when we are met with not knowing what's next, when we're met with anxiety, when we're met with fear, when we're met with uncertainty, we need to turn straight to his word and not to looking in the clouds and seeing something specific or any just mystic signs like that. Because those things, I mean, this is probably a a hot take, but I believe that that is something that Satan can really use to distract you from the will of God. And it's something that he will use to make you not pay attention to the word of God, not pay attention to what God is actually speaking to you in his word, but make you look for things outside of his will. And God has spoken in signs and wonders, but when you start to know the word of God, you see that there are really deep and intentional purposes for why he was doing that. And so... Yeah, that's my rant about that. <laughs> um, trust that your steps will be aligned with his will when you're in his word too. Because, like I said, just it's the guide before us. And there's so much, so much truth to be held within that. And so the last thing that I want to leave you with is in Romans 8, 28. I can't see. Whoa. Actually, I'm going to read from... 8 26 to 28 and it says in the same way the spirit helps us in our weakness we don't know what we ought to pray for but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for god's people in accordance with the will of god and we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. So know that if you are in the Lord, if you have been called into the family of God, that all things work for the good, that all things will work out. I promise you that. That is a promise from the Lord himself. That doesn't mean it's going to work out exactly how you want it, but what it does mean is that it will work out He will always reign as the Lord Almighty. And we can look to him and say, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty. We can praise him for that because he is in control. And that's a good thing to recognize is that you don't have to be controlling your life. You don't have to have a grip on every single decision. You don't have to have all the right answers. You don't have to do all the right things, have the perfect life. You can just rest assured in the Lord that when you are following his will, when you are in line with his spirit, you will make the right decisions because you are walking in the light of his word. And so there's not much else that I have written down. (laughs) So I'm not exactly sure what proper thing to leave you with, but Let me just say this, is that take 
two minutes after this to pray that the Lord would just reveal truth to you in his word and that you would just grow close in relationship with him. Your relationship will never, ever stop growing with him. That's something that's also so assuring is that my relationship is not at its peak and I hope it never, ever reaches its peak. I hope that it continues to grow because fully knowing the truth of the Lord is something that is so freeing. It has freed me from so much sin and I am just overwhelmed by um, the love of God for his people and how much God has put intense thought and consideration and wisdom in. And so take those two minutes um, after this is done. Pray that the Lord would grow your relationship. Always seek truth and grace in his word. Consistently read. Read for him and not for yourself. And see where God takes you through that. Thanks so much for joining this week. I am thankful for you. I love you and I hope that you have a great weekend. Weekend? What day is it? Monday. (laughs) I hope that you have a great week and I will see you next time.